Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Vanderson. Today I will begin summarizing the daily chronological Bible reading beginning on July the 23rd, day 204. We read some of Isaiah's undated prophecies. These contain many popular verses that are quoted in Christendom, such as chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There are also prophecies about Jesus the Messiah. George Frederick Handel included some of this material in his sixth English oratorio called Messiah. Through Isaiah, God called for the lifeless idols to do something, anything, even something bad. His eternal essence was and is constantly demonstrated by the way he calls and continues to call each new generation of people from ancient to contemporary times. Reference chapter 41 verse 4. That he is the only eternal God is a common theme presented. From eternity to eternity he says, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. Chapter 42, verse 13. There is a comforting promise in verse 42, verse 3, that states, He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. July the 24th, day 205. We read more of Isaiah's undated prophecies. God exposed the utter foolishness of trusting in idols, especially since the craftsmen did all the work to form them and then used the scrap pieces for firewood. He asked, How is the idol able to have any power when it can be so easily created and destroyed by the very same one that created them? Included in Isaiah's writing is a verse that many Christians do not realize is an Old Testament statement that the Apostle Paul applied to Jesus, that every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will confess allegiance to me. Compare Romans chapter 14 verse 11 and Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11. Through Isaiah's prophecy, 200 years before its fulfillment, God called a pagan named Cyrus to serve his purpose. He even guided Cyrus's choices and situations so that he became the founder of the Persian Empire. He defeated the Babylonians and became Israel's benevolent caretaker. I encourage you to look up more information about this in Dr. Herbert Lockyer's All the Men of the Bible, page 86, Dr. Charles Ryrie's Study Bible, page 1079, Dr. John MacArthur's Bible Commentary, page 814, and the Smith's Bible Dictionary, page 132. God chose and enabled Cyrus for the task so that all the world from the east to west would know that there is no other God. Reference Isaiah chapter 45, verses 6 and 13. Because of their rebellion toward God, he severely punished the Jews. But for his own sake and for the honor of his name, God restrained himself from completely annihilating them. July the 25th, day 206, we read more of Isaiah's undated prophecies. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12, God says, I am the first and the last. This is what Jesus also said in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel will reinforce Isaiah's prophecy that Jesus' potential will appear to unbelievers to have been wasted. 
because it seemed to them that he accomplished nothing impressive. Compare Isaiah chapter 49 verses 4 and 7 and Daniel chapter 9 verse 26. This lack of spiritual enlightenment by unbelievers is why the Apostle Paul wrote the words in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 concerning the preaching of the cross. But believers will be safe in the palm of his hand. Chapter 56 verse 16. God offered to the Messiah, Jesus, a better deal than Satan did. In Matthew chapter 4 verses 8 and 9, the devil offered Jesus the glory of all the kingdoms and promised to give him all these, quote, things, end quote, if he would only worship him. But God had already promised to give him all the, quote, people, end quote, seven centuries earlier in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 8. Finally, God promised, I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 6. July 26, day 207. We read what Christians recognize as a description of Jesus at the crucifixion. The unbelieving Jews could not accept that a Messiah would be so humble and meek. He suffered for our weaknesses, sorrows, rebellions, sins, incompleteness, and sickness. Jesus bore the sins of all the people and interceded for rebels. He will be satisfied by the results of his great suffering when all the redeemed are standing before him. Reference Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11 and Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. The Jewish zeal for racial purity blinded them from their God-given task of being a salvation beacon to the Gentile world. Here we read yet another of God's invitations to the non-Israelites when he said, I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and who love his name. Isaiah chapter 56 verse 6. Before the great disciplinary suffering, many believers were, and may still be, spared of it through natural death to protect them from the evil to come. Reference chapter 57 verse 1. Finally, God withdrew his restraining control from the greedy rebels. God has done this before. He withdrew his restraint from King Hezekiah. Back in July the 22nd's reading, the Apostle Paul recognized a similar situation in Romans chapter 1 verse 24 and 26. Life without the Holy Spirit's conviction has got to be truly unnerving. This may be why the last verse states, There's no peace for the wicked. July 27, day 208. We read that God evidences true worship by the way the devotee delights in the same things that he does. True worshipers demonstrate their authenticity by serving those people that are less fortunate than they, being a champion that delivers the oppressed, and by expressing joy in the Sabbath day's rest. False worshippers engage in rituals that appear to be pious, but are masking a self-centered heart. Compare Isaiah chapter 59 verse 17 and Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about the armor of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. In Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19, we will read on September the 29th reading about how while attending a Nazareth synagogue, Jesus was handed a scroll of Isaiah and asked to read from it. He searched for and read Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 in the first half of verse 2. Then he proceeded to claim that he was the fulfillment of it because he came to set the captives free. 
The listeners favored his chosen passage because they were suffering from Roman oppression, but they did not realize that he was referring to their spiritual captivity to sin. The rest of the passage, verses second half of 2 through 11, reference his second coming, which is probably why he stopped reading at the first half of verse 2. Finally, we can be encouraged to endure our current sufferings because of his promise of rewards for those who are ready for his return. Compare Isaiah chapter 62 verse 11 with Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. July 28th, day 209. We begin by reading Isaiah's prayer for mercy and pardon while mourning the brevity of Israel's glory as God's chosen people flourishing in the promised land. He wished for God to show his purging power so that Israel would be set aright. He lamented what appeared to him to be God's apathy and silence in the face of the temple being freely ransacked and destroyed by pagan invaders. God responded that he was not being silent. Well, it may appear oftentimes, even for centuries, that God is silent towards Israel. We know that he is always working. In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8, he said that he would choose a remnant to inherit the land. This may refer to the return after their exile to Babylon, or the forming of Israel in 1947, or it may also be referring to the saved who inherit the joys of eternal life with Jesus. The destruction of the temple was actually directed by God in response to the generations of his having to endure their polluted worship. Repeatedly he called, and repeatedly they ignored him, and so his holiness demanded the justice that his mercy had been holding back. But when the line had been crossed so far that it seemed not to even exist, his holiness demanded punitive action against the rebels. However, he also remembered his faithful remnant. They did and will survive his wrath and return to an eternal glorious inheritance. Although in the in-between time, many will be persecuted, but in the millennial kingdom, corpses of the rebels forever will be seen by the believers as they come and go to worship God. The horrific sight of rebels suffering may serve to increase, if possible, the value of our salvation, knowing that we could have suffered the same fate but for the grace of God. Finally, King Hezekiah's son Manasseh assumed the throne at the age of 12 and proved to be filled with wickedness. July the 29th, day 210. We read about how King Manasseh, who co-reigned with his father for ten years, became the most evil and longest reigning of Judah's kings. Manasseh set up pagan altars in the temple and burned all the scriptures he could find until there was only one copy left that had been hidden so deep in the temple that he could not find it. The high priest Hilkiah found it when Ammon's son, King Josiah, had the temple restored during his eighteenth year of reign. We'll read that on July the 31st's reading. Manasseh also murdered countless innocent people. Reference 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 16. He offered his own sons as burnt offerings in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 6. Dr. Herbert Lockyer suggests that the mention in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37 of prophets being sawn in half may have been when legend has it that Manasseh had Isaiah placed inside a hollow tree and sawn in half. Reference Dr. Herbert Lockyer's All the Men of the Bible, page
page 158. This ends this week's episode of Daily Bible Summaries. My next episode will pick up on the summary of the reading of July the 30th, day 211. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.